right, all right, all right, all right. Day 178. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. Uh, my name is Keith. And remember, uh, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So uh, we're in Isaiah 21 uh, today, just coming back to uh, <clears throat> the same thing we've been talking about. Uh, it's this judgment. We're in this period of uh, or this uh part of the book of Isaiah that talks about the judgment against the surrounding nations of, of Israel. And so um, here he spins the block, as we say, uh, where I'm from. He spins the block and pulls back up on Babylon, right? So remember in 13, he started his joint out with Babylon and he comes back towards the end on Babylon. So he opens back up with this judgment. He says, yo, prepare a table and spread out a carpet, eat and drink. These are with exclamation points. Rise up, you princes, and oil the shields. In other words, the thing uh, that makes turning to the Lord urgent, what Isaiah is saying, is that, um, you know, come the, uh, the judgment that God is going to bring will come unexpectedly, right? People, hear this, will be carelessly enjoying the pleasures of life, <laughs> eating and drinking and out of nowhere God's judgment will come Jesus will often say like no 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 a thief in the night like in the same way that you um uh don't plan for a thief to come or a robber to come in the night not saying God is a robber that's not what he's saying he's just talking about the unexpected nature of the judgment in the same way that you don't plan for that it's the same way that you just can't be like 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 you're never going to have your alarm clock set right for when the Lord uh, decides to bring his judgment and he's like yo like he's bringing that up the imminent nature of it here right and he's like yo nobody plans out or can look at the stars and detect the day that god will judge right and so what we can bank on though is that it will be an unpleasant <laughs> surprise for those who are turned against god right and who are um uh wicked and unrepentant and so he says yo babylon has fallen uh Babylon has fallen. All the images of her gods have been shattered on the ground. And I think we've said this in an earlier episode, but again, in this day and age, the reality was, was that in the ancient Near East, the gods of the nations were tied to specific geographical locations. And I'm not trying to rhyme. In other words, Babylon as a people didn't worship particular gods haphazardly. No, no, no. In their location, those were the gods that they actually worship right and so what god is saying here is that he is the one true god right there is none but yahweh he is trampling on the gods of babylon showing that he is not just the god of some specific local regional deity but he uh he, he is the god of the universe and it's interesting again because babylon fam babylon is the head honcho <laughs> it like in those days he he is the, the 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 preeminent cultural power in those days, um, and it's like yo, like they, and and, and like they are not just um, the preeminent uh, cultural power of the day. They are the preeminent, um, according to scripture, the the preeminent like wicked uh, power as well. So much so that the New Testament. And, and later biblical prophecy will use Babylon as a type of representative name for all ungodly and oppressive empires that come after them. So Babylon shows up in Revelation. And we know Babylon didn't exist after, after this time. But what, what, what the Bible does is like, no, no, in the same way, cats that are like Babylon 
uh, oppress the poor and turn against the Lord and exert wickedness upon other people. Um, th those are those uh, empires that are fit for judgment. And so God, like, like I said, he talks about them in 13 and 14 Isaiah, but he spins the block here and pulls back up to show that even the most powerful empire today stands no chance against the power of God. All right. Isaiah 22 comes. And I love Isaiah 22 because it's so witty. <laughs> it's so like witty. So he gives this pronouncement against Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem, this is Jerusalem. This is the city of David. This is the city of God. This is where the temple is. This is this is the most important city in their minds in the world. Right. And he calls Jerusalem. Hear this. The Valley of Vision. Now, now he calls them the Valley of Vision. And there's so much irony here. Why? Because because Jerusalem is blind to what Yahweh and the Lord is doing in his divine purposes and pronouncements. So in other words, he's he's like uh, being sarcastic. <laughs> like Isaiah is being sarcastic here. He's like, no, no, yeah, yeah, Valley of Vision, right? And so in, in air quotes, right? So, so Jerusalem, what happened? Jerusalem has received this vicious attack from a foreign power, right? This was indicative of God's judgment, militaristic culture. We've talked about it a ton. That foreign power had finally withdrew from their siege. And guess what folks is doing? Folks are going on the rooftops, shouting and partying and turning up and on Instagram live and making hashtags and got the, uh, the, 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 the wine out, right? The whole nine yards, they tea, they turned up. And Isaiah is weeping, why? Isaiah is weeping over the state of his people and the fact that some folks, yes, really did die, one, but he is sick at their blindness and their hard heartedness and their sinfulness. Right. And so look at verse 12, for example, on that day, the Lord God of armies called for weeping, for wailing, for shaving heads and for the wearing of sackcloth. But look, joy and gladness, butchering of cattle, slaughtering of sheep and goats, eating of meat and drinking of wine. Look, let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Oh, my God. It's so good. Listen, they can't read the room, fam. They can't read the room any more than someone who is laughing at a funeral, right? In other words, Israel, like, y'all don't get it. Y'all should be weeping. Y'all should be mourning. Y'all should be in sorrow. That And that would ultimately lead to repentance. But instead, y'all are turning up. Y'all are turning up with extravagant meals. Y'all are like, yo, phew, that, that was a close one. Yes, man, we got off again. Look at us back outside. Hashtag outside. Right. We got off again. And what Israel was doing, fam, is what so many folks still do to this day. So many of us still do the same thing. What they did was they what the, they, they lived. And I want you all to hear this. They lived for the moment. They lived for the moment. They lived. They didn't understand the moment. And at the same time, in an odd way, they lived for the moment. Right. And so they didn't understand that 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 onslaught was meant to lead them to repentance. Right. They didn't they didn't repent. But at the same time, they just lived for the moment. They just like, yo, we might as well just just turn up and live our best lives in this exact moment right now. Right. They simply gorged themselves on worldly pleasures while neglecting heavenly matters. As if as if there isn't a day when we will have to deal with the things that come after this life. Listen, when we don't believe when we don't believe there is no condemning of the unjust and no vindication for the righteous at the end of time, it shows up 
in our day-to-day lives. We are to live by God's grace in the moment, but never merely just for the moment. And this was Israel's blindness at this time. They were blind to what the Lord was doing. They didn't see it, right? And it showed up in the way that they lived. And it's the same thing with you. You listening to this podcast. If you're privy to what God is doing through what he says in his word and having your heart aligned with the Holy Spirit, yo, like you won't just live for the moment. You, you, you'll live as if the resurrection is actually true. You'll live as if the new heavens and new earth is actually a reality. You'll live as if Jesus is really coming, like Paul says, to judge the living and the dead. And this is why Paul takes this same text. I'm hitting the mic. I'm tight. I'm hype. Uh, this is why Paul takes this same text, fam, in 1 Corinthians 15 when he argues for the resurrection. He's like, yo, if there's no resurrection from the dead, no, no, no. Turn up. Do like do whatever you want. Live for the moment. But there is. <laughs> there is a resurrection of the dead. There is. And Christ's resurrection is the first fruits of those who fall fallen asleep. So, there, so therefore, he said, no, no, that's proof. That's proof. That was the hope of Israel. And it, and it happened in him. And if you're united to him, you've been resurrected spiritually already and physically on the last day. So he's saying, yo, no, no, no. Like, read the room. Understand that your very life, the very, like, earthly matters have heavenly, like, repercussions. <laughs> Right. Don't be like Israel here called the Valley of Vision. But they was super, super blind. Twenty three. He comes up, talks about Tyre and Sidon, uh, one of the wealthiest nations of the time, had the ships, the whole nine yards. Um, and they were northwest to the nation of Israel. Remember, he's talking to his enemies or to the um, nations surrounding Israel, uh, as well as Israel, some as well as we've just seen. And one of the things that Tyre and Sidon w- was on was um they were known for adopting many of the Canaanite idol worshiping practices, right? And it led them to influence Israel as well. So if you remember, this is why knowing the biblical narrative is so important. Tyre and Sidon, they have all this wealth and they're not using it um, uh, to the glory of God, but for their own selfish gain, right? The Lord hates that. We know that. But also one of the things that uh, Tyre and Sidon was guilty of was... Um, um, they had uh, they gave birth to someone named Jezebel. <laughs> and so Jezebel is from Sidon. So Jezebel from Sidon, she comes and marries who? King Ahab. And she brings her and Ahab through the, the, the most ungodly union we've seen. One of the most ungodly unions we've seen in the Bible. Um, Baal worship into ancient Israel. We read about that in First Kings. And so what God is saying here to them, he's like, yo, it's a wrap for y'all. Like I'm bringing my judgment against you guys. And as we remember, God's promises of salvation or God's promises of judgment are just as sure as his promises of blessing and salvation and hope. And so the Lord is like, nah, it's going to be a wrap, fam. Cats won't even remember y'all for a smooth 70 years. He's wiping out whole generations in the kingdom of Tyre uh, would and will fall according to Isaiah here. Chapter 24 comes. And man, the Lord uh, wraps up. He kind of brings a crescendo to uh, all of the judgments he's pronouncing against uh, all of these nations. 
Um, and it climaxes here in chapter 24, where, again, remember I was saying it leads up and it foreshadows all of the judgments we've seen uh, of the judgment of the whole earth. So he says, yo, verse five, the earth is polluted by its inhabitants, for they have transgressed teachings, overstepped decrees and broken the permanent covenant. Therefore, <laughs> a curse has consumed the earth and its inhabitants have become guilty. Mm. The earth's inhabitants have been burned. The work of human sin, depravity and corruption has infected effected and affected <laughs> the entire world to the point that god out of his holiness that we saw in chapter six remember he is a king but his kingship is inseparable from his holiness his holiness that we saw in chapter six has to do away with it he has to do away with it and condemn it forever and it's amazing because look what comes at the end of this chapter. So, so, so God is going to bring this worldwide judgment. Remember, we said that's one of the main things of Isaiah, that God is going to cleanse the entire world. But look what comes after that. Verse 23 is so good. It's so good. The Bible is just so good. Oh, my gosh. The moon, oh, my gosh, will be put to shame. Hard. And the sun disgraced. What? Why? Because the Lord of armies will reign as king on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem and he will display his glory in the presence of his elders I love it man because God does his saving work through judgment not apart from it we've said that and his glory shines forth in his holiness in judging unrighteousness however what, what he says in in verse 23 is so key because he says that after God judges the whole earth, what does he do? He says the Lord is going to reign on the earth, on Mount Zion. No, no, in Jerusalem. And he's going to display his glory. And guess what? His, his, in other words, he's saying, he says the month, the, 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 the month, the moon and the sun will be put to shame and be disgraced. What is he saying? He's saying even the moon and the sun in the brilliance of their light that they emanate will pale in comparison to the brilliant light emanating from God as he exercises his sovereign rule from Jerusalem in the new creation. Listen, God only judges the world to restore it, right? God judges the world and he's going to restore that world. He only does away and destroys the old creation to bring about a new creation. He only cleanses the old so he can present to his redeemed people a new one. In other words, God's glory will shine bright that the sun and moon will, will, will be of no comparison to it. That's how bright the Lord's glory is going to shine. You don't believe me? You don't believe me? Read Revelation 22 verse 5. It says this, night will be no more. People will not need the light of a lamp. Or, check this, the light of the sun. What? Because the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. Listen, God's glory will fill the whole earth. It will shine brighter than the hottest and brightest days of the sun. That is our hope. That even as we read about God's judgment because he's a just king, we have to remember 
God's goodness and God's uh, promises of restoration and hope that he's going to reign over this earth and his glory will shine forth as it has always been intended to do that we won't even need a sun or a moon because that bad boy gonna be so bright that is a reason for you to rejoice and worship him today let's pray god we pray that we will remember these truths even as we come against the real realities of life god give us grace today to worship you in the midst of this fallen and 